This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Monster! Aquaman. Wanna Beast. Shazam. Plastic Man. Green Arrow. Green Lantern. Firestorm. Batgirl. Blue Beetle. Black Orchid. Booster Gold. Mission accomplished. Looks like Gotham City isn't just a one Cape Crusader kind of town anymore. Team up with Batman, the Brain of the Bold. Welcome, everybody, to episode 289 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, and with me, my good friend, good brother, the man that runs our social media accounts, it's Liam. Liam, we kicked off last week with a very special theme month to round out the year here in 2023. We are lining up our content as we mentioned last week, to uh, to work with a little bit of corporate synergy here, now that we are corporately endorsed by the powers that be at uh, at the Brothers Warner or anyone in the Discover Warner Brothers Discovery Media Corporation. However, yeah, we do love them, and we think all their decisions are good, um, and everything they've done has made a lot of sense, especially the decisions they've made in the last um, eighteen months. We'll say. Yeah, especially anything that revolves around uh, products, the the DC universe as a whole, mm-hmm. uh, things that projects that people spent, uh, you know, a good portion of their lives investing mm-hmm. their time, mm-hmm. energy, and and uh, and talents into. Yeah, we love all of that. Big fans, as we are of most corporations. So, old, old Dave's he's just batting a thousand right now. You can't you can't stop this guy. <laughs> But yes, as we uh, as we continue here, we are uh, celebrating the launch of the final movie in the in the Snyderverse question mark. Maybe I don't know who could possibly know or maybe. care, but it is the month in the at least on the original release date here of the Aquaman movie, the sequel to the original Jason Momoa movie. So we are continuing here celebrating that as well as another exciting anniversary with our doodly our our our, uh, dubbed month here that was uh fittingly named by you once again it is of course aqua phantasma and i was thinking about this week with it being in the holiday season should we have made it aqua phantasmis well it doesn't matter it's too late it's aqua phantasma forever now Well, yeah, and, and this allows us, should we want to celebrate again in the future, but not in December, it, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, it's possible to do so. What if we wanted to celebrate it in uh, in June, you know? That's right. There's more there's more Aquaman episodes. There's, you know, Phantasm pops up in comics and stuff, <laughs> you know. It's not impossible we could bring this back at some point in the future. It doesn't always have to be in December this way. To your that's, point. That's right. And uh, as we talked about, if the fan demand is there, we will make it happen. So uh, let your voices be heard. Liam, we are continuing, as you mentioned, though, with celebrating Aquafantas Month with our review today of the Batman the Brave and the Bold episode. So we are traveling across the multiverse once again to our favorite Else world. And uh, we are celebrating it with Aquaman's Outrageous Adventure which originally aired on the Cartoon Network here in the States on January the 8th, 
2010, meaning we are coming up here very shortly on the 14 year anniversary of this week of this episode's debut. Uh, of course, we are going to get into our uh, four categories and uh, breaking down our plot synopsis here in just a second. But before we do that, we'll, of course, remind you that uh, we would love your feedback. And uh, if you leave us a five star review for this, if you uh, hey, if you like Alcor Phantasma this much and you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave a five star review and uh and uh leave a little blurb about what it is that you like about the pod if we read that review on air we'll send you a little gift as a thank you provided you live in the continental united states so uh, as a reminder you could do that or win something for free take the time we will thank you for it but uh leah before we get into our plot synopsis for this week we will get the official imdb synopsis for this week's episode which is, of course, as always, brought to you by The Pod Tower. Head over to youtube.com slash The Pod Tower today and subscribe to get not only the entire catalog of the Tin Talk podcast, which covered every episode of the DCAU from start to finish, with a bunch of other bonus episodes included. It also includes the entire ongoing catalog of the jump on the bat wagon podcast from the fine folks at the watchtower database but also of course a little old podcast called the dcau review also makes its youtube home there and that's all in one convenient place for you head over today and subscribe to youtube.com slash the pod tower absolutely so this is the synopsis for aquaman's outrageous adventure Written by Stephen Melching, directed by Ben Jones, with music by the Dynamic Music Partners, and animation by MOI Animation. And that synopsis reads as such. Batman and enemy ace stop aliens interfering in the past. Later, Aquaman takes his family on vacation and must resist his desire to fight crime. <laughs> Pretty good. I I I I don't yeah, have any fault with it. in a line about the uh about the uh, the little opening vignette we get. So uh yeah, covers covers our bases. I, I agree. And uh Liam, before we went on the air, we talked about it. Sometimes things just happen that make you go, Well, what what is this? And uh this will be the second time that the very obscure character Enemy Ace gets a name check within the last three episodes of this podcast. And that is, of course, because we had uh, Kevin Altieri, the the director of the episode Showdown on just a few weeks back. If you didn't check out that episode, lots of great stuff talking about that episode with Jonah Hex on it. And we uh, we sort of had him fantasy book if he were to do a follow-up episode to showdown what uh what it would have involved and he mentioned that uh, enemy ace was actually on the short list of of characters he originally or that was originally considered for the interaction with Rachel Ghoul that would have been a part of that story so he actually gives a little pitch for us on that episode uh so interestingly enough this episode of Batman the Brave and the Bold also features enemy ace as we open things up here in our little uh opening vignette as uh, as is the case with all of these Batman the Brave and the Bold episodes you get a little short story here at the beginning a 2 or 3 minute adventure for Batman and it actually features 
the most Batman I think that we get for the episode, as we'll discuss here in just a moment. But uh, we have uh, we open up in a setting which appears to be World War One, uh, especially based on enemy Ace's appearance. But uh, there is an alien dictator who appears to be somehow have showed up here in the past and is uh, is doing his best to take down armed forces of that time. And uh, Batman swoops in uh, and uh, doing so in the process. Also, uh, enemy ace also shows up uh, and uh, begins actually shooting at Batman uh, just until Batman can uh, pull him aside as they're both flying their their planes. And uh, he mentions to him that uh, they have a common enemy at this point and that they need to focus not on taking each other down, but in fact, taking this alien uh, time traveling dictator down. Stand down, enemy ace. Today we must fight a common foe. Injustice. Who are you? Someone who's not supposed to be here, but neither is that cannon. A weapon that destroys the enemy at such a distance. It is not honorable. Will you help me? Enemy Ace finds the weapons being used dishonorable, agrees with Batman to uh, for a, a temporary treaty, and uh, they do their best to take out said weapon. They do, restoring everything back to normal. Batman parts ways, not before Enemy Ace offers him a warning to not cross paths again because he shan't be friendly. It reminded me a little bit of the uh, the Snoopy versus the Red Baron Christmas song since uh, tis the season. <laughs> Merry Christmas, my friend. He uh, mm-hmm. he had him dead to rights, but they agree to uh, to part ways uh, for a common common goal here. So uh, that's the end of our little vignette. A nice little bow on that. But funny that we uh, we we get an M- Enemy Ace mentioned twice in the period of three weeks here after two. 288 episodes or 287 episodes of not hearing enemy ace mentioned here on the pod absolutely yeah it's a a little bit of a a little bit of serendipity for our uh, for our for our recent episodes to suddenly have that character yeah it's one of those characters where i certainly knew of the character thanks i think probably to one of those uh dc comics encyclopedia uh books I certainly knew that there was a character called Enemy Ace, but uh, wouldn't have expected to have him uh, as a topic on the show for uh, for uh, twice in such a short amount of time. But yes, uh, from there we get our, our theme song, of course, and then we open up on uh, what seems like a, a solo Aquaman adventure under the sea as he's uh, he's fighting one of his, his very uh, classic villains, the Fisherman. Not a joke. <laughs> That's actually what about the Lampoons. Uh, and uh, as they uh, as they do battle in uh, Aquaman, along with some help from some uh, whales and dolphins that were swimming by, foils his foe. Uh, only for the for the dolphin to uh, to begin speaking to him, and and then he slowly realizes, he slowly gets the pan out and the dream sequence fades. We find out that that Aquaman is actually daydreaming as he's driving an RV and is, uh, is taking his, his wife, Mira and their son, Arthur Jr. On a road trip across America. And it's like, has there ever been, usually we save our thoughts on the plot for the end, but has there ever been a more perfect idea for a story in a superhero <laughs> show? 
Especially a literal this, fish this out of water here, yes. right? We yes. have the fish out of water story. A uh, a a sea dweller forced to uh, to surface dwell for an extended period of time. A man who spends his life swimming the uh, the seventy percent of the world that's covered in water, and instead is forced to uh, to drive an Winnebago across the <laughs> United States, visiting various DC cities. You have to love it. Absolutely, but uh, it's it's clear that Mira is sort of the uh, the driving force of this vacation, trying to get them to spend some time away from Atlantis, away from the superhero world. Uh, although uh, Aquaman, as we said, keeps sort of dreaming of getting back to heroics, and uh, and their son isn't doesn't really seem that interested. Is just playing on his whatever the Atlantean version of a of an iPhone is mm-hmm. is, uh, is 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 not interested in being there so as they, they it's a shell up, phone right yes absolutely you got to call it the shell phone but uh, <laughs> i think SpongeBob might have beaten us to that joke but it's a classic sure. so sure, yes. but uh, i mean that show's been on for 30 years you would hope they they've gotten around <laughs> to that by now right uh, but anyway but yes they uh, they pull over at a, a diner in Star City as it happens and Aquaman is just uh he just needs a, a little bit of a break so he uh, he tells the uh tells his wife and son to order dessert while he runs outside pretending he's checking on the RV but really he gives Batman a call and then sees what he's up to and Hello Batman old chum Aquaman what is it I need to be rescued from this blasted vacation not a good time I promised the wife I'd take two weeks off work, but I've got cabin fever. Superheroing is in my blood. Wait, you're fighting henchmen, aren't you? The penguin's on another crime spree. The penguin? Really? Need any help? I could be in Gotham in no time. Enjoy your vacation, Aquaman. Wait, but I... (laughs) Roasted rodent, anyone? Batman is hot on the trail of the penguin in Gotham City and tells Aquaman he doesn't need his help and uh, to just go off and enjoy his vacation. So uh, Aquaman a little disappointed that he can't get right in on the action, but as he should, as it stands, he sees the arrow signal in the sky. This is they really embrace the the original version of the Green Arrow that I love, which is that he's just Batman. <laughs> hey, he's got hey, the listen. car in the cave and he's got a signal in the sky. <laughs> Listen, this has been a time-honored tradition here. I mean, we loved the Stephen Amell CW Arrow show, but Absolutely. it's the same formula. They literally took the villains, the you know, the 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 Arrow family, you have a an oracle type, you have mm-hmm. all of these different Batman, it Batman's in the DNA of the Green Arrow. You can't separate the <laughs> two of them. So why not just completely embrace the silly goofiness of that Silver Age Green Arrow that was just Batman but an a green archer? Absolutely. So as uh, as Aquaman rushes off to the scene of the crime, we see the Clock King has uh, has just robbed a bank with some henchmen, and uh, Green Arrow arrives first before Aquaman sort of crashes the party, and they take out Clock King's henchmen very quickly, but he gets away. He escapes to to a seafood restaurant and uh, (laughs) decides to make his last stand by grabbing a hostage of one of the waitresses. And uh, of course he happens to be standing with his back to the lobster tank. And so Aquaman, like this, 
this by all rights should be an episode that is just doing nothing but making fun of Aquaman as a concept, uh-huh. but it doesn't come off that way at all. Not at like, all. it's amazing how they, like they do so many great gags with Aquaman's power set and, mm-hmm. and, but that never feels like we're poking fun at this character or making him, making him the, like the, but we're laughing with him. We're not laughing at right. him. Right. Absolutely. Episode. And in this case, he, uh, he sends all of the lobsters after clock King and the, uh, that gives them enough time for Green Arrow to fire off a boxing glove arrow. That's called bagging the bad guy Star City style, fish boy. Indeed. Truly you are the world's <laughs> greatest archer. <laughs> That's far enough, Super Schwein. Well done, my friends. Now that's how you stop a clock. Yeah, whatever. Never underestimate the power of teamwork, my friend. Say, how long does it take to eat a piece of apple pie? So Aquaman, uh, having thwarted some crime, he rushes back to the diner where uh, Mira and Arthur Jr. are a bit suspicious. But uh, at least at this point, they don't necessarily suspect that he was off fighting crime. But uh, it's time for them to continue onto their route, and it takes them to El Paso this time, and uh, right into the uh, to the the city of Blue Beetle as we uh, as we get across another very deep cut DC Comics character that uh, Blue Beetle needs a little help uh, dealing with. That's right. Aquaman finds another excuse to send uh, send Mira and Aqua. Uh, Aqu- aqua jr off uh off on an adventure on their own he puts them in a carriage and claims that he has land sickness which i ch- chuckled at <laughs> uh he has to go get himself a sarsaparilla at the local saloon and when he goes into the saloon wouldn't you know it? the tv is on and uh they are they are in fact broadcasting the fight between blue beetle and the planet master talk about deep cuts Woo, boy uh, who apparently has all of the planets or the power of all of the planets. So this is <laughs> happening at a gold mine and uh, he's able to channel different powers. Uh, so the, the fight between Blue Beetle and Planet Master is going off. Uh, Blue Beetle appears to be a bit overmatched, at least initially, but then uh, Aquaman shows up gladly uh there to assist uh we didn't mention it though but each time that aquaman steps into an adventure he announces the title or the the title card launches in front uh a a great homage to classic cartoons a little bit of super friends homage a little bit of we we never know when to talk about the sound design but you get that that scene transition super friends sound when the when the title card pops up so it's uh yeah chef's kiss beautiful uh so uh we get we get him fighting the uh the planet master he steps in to assist and uh defeats him once planet master throws a meteor at him which he knocks back and knocks him out uh chuckled at the uh at blue beetle declaring just before this that uh, he better hurry up and help defeat him because they don't want to see the power of uranus greetings <laughs> from neptune <laughs> Aquaman? The Aquaman? Get out! What are you doing here? Hello, my bug-eyed bunny. 
I'm exploring that mysterious 30% of the Earth's surface not covered by water. Fools, witness the power of the rings of Saturn. You really don't want to see the power of Uranus. What say we silence this cosmic crook? Well done, new chum. Be sure to drop by the next time you're in Atlantis. <laughs> I mean, I'm another I'm, joke you can't not do. If you're I'm gonna 12 have. years old at heart, I laughed. You know, <laughs> you can't not do that again. You can't not do that joke if you're. You're going to have a character whose power is, and I quote, all of the planets. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yes. And we, he also uh... takes great offense when Blue Beetle points out that Pluto isn't considered a planet anymore. He's furious at that, which I thought was really funny as well. That that was a, uh, I was, I was wondering, I was like, I know this is uh, 2009 that this was uh, all the copyrights say 2009 on this, although it aired in 2010. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm pretty sure Pluto hasn't been a planet for like, it was probably 10 years at this point that it wasn't a planet. <laughs> so yes, uh, I was glad that they pointed that out and worked that in as a joke. Uh, so uh, just after Planet Master is defeated, uh, Blue Beetle very impressed to meet uh, one of his idols and uh, even asks Aquaman if he can name their adventure. And just as he's about to spit the title out, uh, Aquaman cuts him off and uh, and announces the title uh, instead. And uh, we, uh, we, we pick up Aquaman rejoining uh, his family at a hotel. Uh, where they seemingly are none the wiser as to just what was going on as he's gotten and met up with them after their carriage ride. But uh, Mira and Arthur Jr. turn on the television and see a report of uh, Aquaman and Blue Beetle helping to defeat the Planet Master. Uh, Aquaman initially makes uh, makes an excuse and says that it is not him. It is Ocean Guy who has a similar color scheme. But uh, once Mira gives him a dirty lurk, uh, dirty look he admits that uh it's very hard for him to stop being a superhero as we've clearly witnessed here and that uh but he promises uh from here on out he promises no more superheroics for the rest of their trip they're gonna enjoy their vacation together and then we get uh for the next several minutes we get just a wonderful montage a uh, a classic trip montage here uh, i would guess probably some national lampoons vacation family vacation mm-hmm. homages in there um any any movie that involves a family in a road trip uh you just get the map and you get a, a 2d uh 2d animation of a uh of the winnebago driving from town to town uh, we get uh, them going to the Grand Canyon first and Aquaman is taking pictures and clearly still disappointed that uh, there's he's not able to save anyone from it. And I love all the tourists around instead of taking the pictures of the Grand Canyon or taking a pictures of the Aqua family instead <laughs> standing at the at the Grand Canyon. Uh, they then move further into the country and they uh, they they come upon uh, I believe it's at Smallville. They run into the Red Tornado. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is going up against who's uh who's he going up against uh, the top 
the top. That's right. Okay. And uh, Aquaman sort of wistfully looks out the window and gets in, uh, initially excited when he sees that the red tornado appears to be overwhelmed, but then uh red tornado recovers very quickly and is able to, uh, to overtake the top. Thus, uh, thus leaving Aquaman uh, saddened as he continues to drive on. They go uh, to another city where they, uh, they are checking out the, I think the mineral museum Aquaman also very excited. It looks like uh, Dr. Polaris is that, who that is uh, mm-hmm. hanging out outside. Uh, he comes outside, Dr. Polaris is there waiting and uh, he's about ready to do battle with Aquaman, but a giant green boxing glove comes swooping in and knocks out Dr. Polaris. As we see green lantern is there to stop Dr. Polaris. And uh, we, we get uh, the rest of the trip as Aquaman just sort of uh, just coming to terms with the fact that uh, he has to do what he agreed to do. And that is until uh, our very last shot uh, as he's, he's finally parked on the East coast and uh, they're they're there. They're ready to enjoy all of the rest of the sites of the East Coast. And Aquaman gets a call on his phone, and it's from Batman. Uh, this is also I missed I missed another classic uh, road trip homage, and that is where you pass like a, a stranger, and there's this back and forth between the two of them. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a guy and a girl. Sometimes it's two guys rivaling each other. But Aquaman <laughs> looks out the window and sees Sportsmaster driving past. <laughs> And uh, in his car, and he's ready to sort of do battle with him. But then he also notices that Sportsmaster has a a wife and child with him as well. And it assumes that Sportsmaster, too, must be on his family vacation. <laughs> what a great bit. Oh, I was crying. Like, this is such, like just so funny. slow pan out where you and then you see the Sportsmaster also has a wife and kid in his car. <laughs> yeah. and And the suitcase is strapped to the back. It's just... Just the timing. We'll talk. We'll talk about that more in visuals. But yeah, just a, just a great, great, uh, funny joke there. But yes, as uh, as you mentioned there, uh, Aquaman gets a call, and he it seems to be from Batman. But uh, as it turns out, it's actually the Penguin uh, gloating about how he has captured Batman. Why it's Batman? You'll never guess what, old chum. I'm actually enjoying this family vacation. I. <laughs> <laughs> you fell right into my trap, masked meddler. <laughs> and when the razor-sharp beak of my drinking bird finishes you off, the Gotham crime world will make me its king. Justice will deal with you, Penguin. Eventually. <laughs> preparing his uh his assault he's going to destroy batman and also uh, he has a plot for the rest of gotham city as well so knowing that his old chum is in quite a bit of danger aquaman decides uh seemingly without letting uh without letting mira and uh, arthur jr know what's going on decides they're going to take a an impromptu trip down to gotham city and uh <laughs> Which you have to love it because he's try they 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 heavily leaned into the fact that Gotham City is obviously a crime ridden city, yes. and uh, as as they're passing by the burnt out how or burnt out buildings and the broken down cars, <laughs> missing tires, and Aquaman is doing his best to sell this as like an East Coast oasis, yes. and Mira calls him out for the BS, saying like. This is where Batman lives, right? And he, and he plays dumb. He's like, uh, oh, is it? I wasn't aware. 
<laughs> it's like, and as he's saying it, he's holding a the a thing with a flashing bat symbol <laughs> on a map that he's following. <laughs> Uh, but, so um, yes, he he finally arrives at the uh, at the location the tracker's taking him to, to of course the penguins hideout at this warehouse, and we see that penguin has a plan to. He's not only gonna he has Batman hooked up to this uh, one of those things where the bird uh, the bird head is on the pendulum and it swings up and down. I think there's a name for those, but uh, it's like but a anyway. dipping bird. It's like a yeah, it's like a dipping bird. Like it, I forget what they call that, but yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, there's a giant one of those that's preparing to peck Batman to death as he's on a giant conveyor belt and uh also he's going to release a bunch of uh umbrella rocket propelled umbrellas across the city that all have paralytic gas inside of them uh that will uh, that will put the entire city to sleep and allow him to rob it blind so aquaman springs into action and as do mira and arthur jr who are finally sort of fed up with uh, what they know are are pretty clearly lies being told by their husband and uh, so they're all they're all sort of captured at once by the penguin and his goons. And uh, as they're all loaded onto this this conveyor belt, they have a bit of a heart to heart as uh, as Aquaman apologizes for sort of misleading Mira. And uh, and they decide that, well, even though they're uh, they wanted a, a normal family vacation, they're not really a normal family after all. And so they all spring into action with uh, once again, Aquaman using his powers. He calls on some crabs to retrieve batman's utility belt and then batman's able to free himself and free aquaman and they spring into action take out all of the thugs and uh, with penguin making his escape uh, via his uh, his helicopter umbrella across the sea batman and aquaman spring into action to uh to close to close out the uh, the action portion of our episode that's right. Yeah. So we, uh, they are able to defeat them. We get, uh, we get, as you mentioned, uh, a trip out to the sea. We get the, the fun that occurs on the water out there. I loved the bat, uh, Batman defeating half of the goons that were on the penguin submarine with the wake of the bat boat. Yes. He just, he basically uses it, makes a hard turn, causes a big tidal wave to splash across the top of the, uh, of the sub that's uh, that surfaced and knocks uh, knocks half of them into the water. It was a great bit there. And then yes, uh, Batman and Aquaman spring into action on top of the submarine and finally are able to corral Penguin and his thugs. And uh, we get a, a nice little epilogue to the story with them loading all of them into uh, police cruisers. And Aquaman once again apologizes to his family and thanks them for understanding and asks if they want to go back to uh, their uh, their road trip. But uh, they all sort of are in agreement now that uh, it's a little bit more fun to uh, to be a superhero than it is to be a uh, a regular old boring family, and that's kind of how we uh, we end the episode with the the fact that we get the big embrace. I promised you a real family vacation, and by Poseidon, that's what I intend to give you. Now, who wants to see the Stonehenge made from old refrigerators? Where's the fun in that? Yeah. I want to see you save the world again. We'll call it the time my dad saved the world again. That's my boy. Speaking of like the 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 sitcom, the 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 family vacation movie ends with the with what else but a big group hug as uh, as Aquaman, Mira, and uh, and Arthur Jr. are all on the same page again. That's right. Yeah, it's. Uh... 
it's it's a nice little bow to put on the end of it to feel good feel good ending here for our aqua family but um yeah so uh overall i really enjoyed the episode as we tend to with these episodes it's goofy i think you you hit the nail on the head it walks the line of it's sort of the it completely encompasses exactly what the show is right the show is mm-hmm. designed to embrace and also uh laugh at the campiness of the silver age era of the of that batman of the heroes of that era right and uh and i think it does that it walks the line with aquaman and all of his goofy powers and certainly this aquaman's persona is even more over the top just like muscle head like i don't know just he's just He's just a buffoon. Like there's no no other way to describe it. He's just he wants to fight and be a superhero. He's not really that smart. Um, you know, he's got the girl. He's like the 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 jock essentially of the of the uh of the movie. So, he's like I feel like it walks that line of kind of poking fun at him. He's not a he's not a big dummy in the fact that he's absent-minded or he doesn't realize what he's doing he just loves being a superhero um so you don't make he doesn't look like an idiot in that way he's just kind of he's just kind of goofy uh in the sense that he's he this is what gets his blood pumping he can't not be a superhero right (laughs) right and he's still you could tell like he still he still loves like that's the whole thing he's a great family man like he's a he loves his wife like he's trying so hard to be this straight-laced you know, uh, you know, middle America uh, tourists, but he just can't help it. And he's trying so hard. And he's like, and when he does go out and, you know, save the day with Green Arrow or, or Blue Beetle, he feels like so ashamed of it because he knows that's not what his what his wife wanted from him. So it's it's kind of a fun balancing act. Yeah, he doesn't come across as a complete idiot or as like a jerk at any point he's just right. kind of this he's just kind of this very uh you know he's he's got a bit of a one-track mind and he he's aware of it but he also he can't really uh he can't really fight his uh his true nature he's inherently good too like that's the whole thing about mm-hmm. it so it that's why i feel like it fits that you know 1960s 1950s superhero model so well and does and and walks the line of yes he uses his uh telepathic powers to speak to the 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 lobsters in the lobster tank at the at the the seafood restaurant he uses crabs you know that are just outside on the docks to help rescue batman like there's a bunch of stuff there that's like this is this is silly but it doesn't poke fun at him it doesn't make him look like a a goofball uh, because he's able to do that. So uh, again, I, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this episode. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the the whole idea of a, a the prototypical pun intended fish out of water story of the character in places where he doesn't belong and wouldn't normally interact with the things around him. And then as he's fully embracing it, I love when they walk out of the mineral museum and he's wearing like the mineral shirt and the, the kitschy like uh souvenir mineral headpiece and stuff like that. Just fully embracing the, the goofiness of the prototypical 1950s, 1960s, great American family road trip, mm-hmm. uh, 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 you know, model. So yeah, all of the, for all of those reasons, uh, this is a simple, easy watch, lots of chuckles along the way, lots of good one-liners. 
lots of uh, great cameo- cameos and and great little interactions that he has. The title cards jumping in uh, every time he starts a new battle with somebody made me laugh each time. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, for all those reasons, I ended up giving this a very strong eight out of ten for plot. What about you? I went ten. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I, I I just adore this episode. I I had to give it a ten for that reason. Um, it's just it's everything what we've just talked about. It's everything that's great about this show, summed up in a single ep- single episode. It's as mentioned, like the gags in it are genuinely really funny. Um, and uh, you know, obviously that that some of that's on our, our our voice cast and our direction as well. We'll talk about that in a minute, but. Uh, yeah, just it's a great concept, as we said, from from minute one when when it's Aquaman in an RV with his family. That's great. And then, uh, yeah, the the conflict of the episode being that he's <laughs> he's too good at superheroing. He's too he's too heroic for his own good is uh, is a lot of fun. And then the ending, you know, the, the very, the very sweet, uh, you know, family ending where they where they sort of meet halfway where he realizes that he needs to be more honest with his family and and they realize that, you know, asking him not to be a uh, superhero is, uh, you know, pun very much intended asking a fish not to swim. So, uh, so it's, uh, it's just wonderful. It's just a wonderful 22 minutes of, uh, of assorted fun. And you get a, as, as we'll talk about a lot, a lot of the recurring, like the most recurring uh, sidekicks to Batman in this show with Aquaman, Green Arrow, Blue Beetle showing up. So uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of fun characters, not to mention all the villains. We'll, uh, I, we'll run down the whole list in a minute when we get into visuals, but yeah, this is just a, a, a wonderful, a wonderful way to spend uh, 22 minutes. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Lots of fun. Um, I don't think you'll, I don't think you can watch this episode without smiling. Like <laughs> you, you're probably dead inside. Check your pulse if you don't enjoy this one as much as we did. All right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, which is going to be visuals and animation. As we talked about, lots of great stuff to talk about here. And as you mentioned at the top, MOI animation responsible for this week's episode. We also have it being directed by Stephen Melching. Um all right. Uh, you want to talk briefly about the little? I I love the little uh, the the little prologue there with the uh, enemy ace, and mm-hmm. uh, I, it actually made me think of some of the dialogue that, or the conversation that we had with with uh, Kevin Altieri about how he would how he would sort of storyboard you know uh, an air air fight and and uh, you know a, a battle in the air and. Uh, I love mm-hmm. the idea of the setting of of the World War One era and Batman's there for whatever reason, not ever explained why. And then you have the the aliens also there. Um, it, just a fun setting. Really cool to see. Really cool to bring out one of those obscure guys, not make a full episode about him. Again, you're not going to I don't think you're going to be able to find too many instances where enemy aces appeared in animation prior to this or after this. So really, really cool that they, they were able to sneak in some of those really obscure characters and do so with a, a really fun little sequence here of, of a, of a dog fight. You have this dog fight that occurs Mm -hmm. in the air between Batman and enemy ace, albeit so brief, but then you, cut to them actually like dropping the bombs on this uh this strange alien race and their machines to help the uh help the soldiers win their battle there but very 
very very interesting mm-hmm. uh i i really enjoyed the prologue as batman as... and his scarf and, and goggles his world war one pilot uh outfit also always a plus there you go absolutely another another thing that made me think of snoopy versus the red baron you just get (laughs) get additional stuff there uh but yeah i thought thought that that was fun um not much else to talk about with that Uh, of course this show does integrate the cgi vehicles uh into and different constructs into the show um the batmobile the batplane uh, the 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 alien whatever those alien things were the cannons that they were shooting and then uh i guess probably later on some of the the it may have been masked a little bit with like the winnebago and stuff like that so it's interesting some of the stuff they sell shade over top of or sell shaded on top of some of the stuff they didn't there's a weird sequence where the batmobile morphs into the batboat and it starts <laughs> off very cgi and then it gets into the water and it morphs completely into like a cell shaded boat that that was like the thing that like i could deal with the rest of the stuff but that that one stuck out it was like that's just so weird uh that they chose to do that so uh listeners will know i'm not usually a fan of the the inclusion of cgi Mm -hmm. uh non-cell shaded cgi uh parts of the show so it wasn't exactly a fan of that stuff but uh a lot of the i mean the rest of the episode is a ton of fun liam Absolutely. Uh, should, I, should I just run down all the characters we get? First? I was going to say, I, that's that's a tr- tradition, it seems, I think, when we do the Batman, the Brave and the Bold, because mm-hmm. they love to sneak in as many cameos as possible in a single episode. So uh, I'm sure you have the, the list pulled up of everybody in the episode. Absolutely. So we, of course, have Aquaman, Aquaman's son, Arthur Jr., Mira, Batman, uh, the Adam, the Ryan Choi Adam specifically, uh, Blue Beetle, the Jaime Reyes version, Green Arrow, uh, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, the Red Tornado. And then in our villains, we have uh, a mention of Black Manta. We have the Bug-Eyed Bandit fighting the Atom, Clock King. We have uh, Clock King's henchman, Tick and Talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh dr polaris as you mentioned the fisherman as mentioned planet master the top uh the fisherman if i didn't say that and the penguin of course and then other characters of course we also as mentioned have sports master his wife the tigress and his uh his daughter uh, artemis so uh and then uh also as you mentioned you had the the map i'm not going to go through all of these because there's like a hundred cities <laughs> i think most of them are like fake fake dc cities too which is why it's what you get you have smallville you have star city you have uh you know faucet city bloodhaven uh, uh faucet yeah faucet city gateway city ivy town a lot of like a lot of deep cuts hub a lot city, of the, yeah uh hub yeah hub city jump city which is i that's what they called it in that's what they called it in the they never called it that in the teen titans cartoon but that's that's like DC San Francisco and in certain things. I think they call it that in Teen Titans Go now. But uh-huh. um yeah, a lot of a lot of deep cut uh Dakota, you see Dakota at one point. Um so you got uh, you got a lot of uh a lot of deep cut uh and not so deep cut DC cities across that map as well. So uh just just working that in again in this very silly simple plot 
of uh, of Aquaman r- racing across America, using that as an excuse to just shout out like every fictional city in in DC Comics America is mm-hmm. uh, it was an incredible touch on their part. And, uh, as you mentioned, some of just some of the uh, the visuals of uh, of of those sequences are a lot of fun. And like you said, you get all these these quick kind of snippet battles with Red Tornado in the top and Green Lantern and Polaris and and then the the little bit longer ones with Aquaman and Blue Beetle against Planet Master, I think is a lot of fun. And the uh, the Clock King one is is uh, is pretty is pretty fun as well. So there's just a, there's just a lot to enjoy. And then as we mentioned, uh, that that final bit in the water where Batman makes the tidal wave to dock some of the thugs down, and they he he jumps, he kind of ejects out of the bat boat and. As is tradition, when you have Batman in the sky at night, he makes the the bat symbol in front of the moon, mm-hmm. and uh, very, very quickly before landing on the sub, and then uh, head, and then heads to work there and get some some good fisticuffs there. As mentioned, the great visual gag of when Aquaman is is where uh, where he's lying to Mira about why they're in Gotham, and as as he's talking about how it's this burgeoning metropolis and it's the cultural center of the East Coast and everything, and there's just blown out buildings and like <laughs> like trash fires behind him as they're as they're as they're rolling through the city, and you hear gunshots and and people screaming and stuff. It's just such a there's a great bit of a, a visual comedy added there as well. So. Yeah, this is this is just a hoot visually. Yeah, um, I the individual fights that we get, as we mentioned, I, I think maybe uh, I, I'm trying to think which which fight may I guess the Planet Master one is the one that's the the most involved and seems mm-hmm. to last the longest. Uh, the Clock King one is more aquaman and green arrow versus his two henchmen and that's wrapped up relatively quickly so most of the fisticuffs occur between uh, aquaman and and the the planet master so uh yeah there's there's still lots of lots of violence then we get our our ultimately our final battle that occurs on the penguins submarine at the end which is a lot of the penguins henchmen versus aquaman and batman so uh we do get do get some fun there um yeah it's uh again i think this episode though it has these little breaks of action where aquaman sneaks off to fight but most of the comedy or most of it is a comedy episode so most of it is the visual gags of him sneaking off him reacting to trying and have the self-control to not be a superhero his reaction to seeing the hero other heroes in action and not being able to help um, him trying to nervously react to Mira and, and Arthur Jr. Uh, so yeah, all, all there's, there's much more of that and visual storytelling than there is in the actual action of the episode until that final act at the, you know, with the giant, giant penguin bird, dipping bird thing that almost crushes them. I actually really, I don't know if this fits with visuals or, or with plot, but I'll discuss it now with visuals, but I love that the penguin is discussing his master plan and they cut away and you can't even hear what he's saying as you have this conversation between (laughs) Aquaman and Mira and you still hear him muffled talking in the background about whatever his plan is as Aquaman and Mira have this heartfelt conversation where she's finally sort of embracing the fact that he's a superhero that this is much you know it's hard to hard to you know to fight upstream again using a pun uh to 
and, and not worth it when it comes to trying to make him be this person that he's not. Um, so, and, and then they cut back in as, as the penguin interrupts him. He's like, excuse me, am I interrupting something? I love that. Cause they, they just have this warm look at each other. And then all of a sudden they, you realize they're on this conveyor belt still tied up about to be killed by, by the penguins, uh, death trap. So, uh, yeah, lots of fun, fun there. Um, uh, overall, I, I really, really, you know, we, we always enjoy the look of this. Uh, I, I guess this is the perfect amalgamation. We talked last week. Are you team orange shirt or are you team hook hand and beard? And as you mentioned, we get the kind of the amalgamation, uh, amalgamation here as we get orange shirt and green pants, but also the blonde hair and the beard It's short blonde hair, but he at least gets the beard out of the look here. Uh, this is a pretty, pretty cool look. I, I actually kind of dig this one, especially for the, for the setting that we're in and, and the, the, the way the aesthetics of the, the brave and the bold cartoon are. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love the way again, perfect for this, you know, somewhat oafish, but ultimately, you know, mighty good guy, Aquaman, uh, that, that design's perfect. I love uh, Arthur Jr.'s suit is based on, uh, it's the, the ocean camouflage Aquaman suit, Aha. Uh, which was uh, orig- originated in the 1986 Aquaman miniseries, which was uh, by Neil Posner and Craig Hamilton. Um, there's been some toys and stuff of that. It's like the blue and black and white suit uh, that he uh, he dons from time to time. I think they actually just brought it back in the comics not too long ago. And I believe, speaking of our our wonderful corporate or overlords, uh, I believe there's a there's a new there's a version of that suit in the uh, the new Momoa movie. So oh, okay, interesting. Um, so yeah, this is a, so that's a that's a fun little shout out to a. It didn't get it. It wasn't uh, long for this world as far as the comics went, but uh, it's a uh, pretty memorable design, and it was a fun throwaway. And I also love the mirror design because she's very much. She looks like the wife from Married with Children a little bit. Like she has that absolutely. It's not the beehive, but whatever that like '90s yep. hairdo, the big hair. Like she's she's in the musical hairspray. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh is perfect and like the like she and she, but they also gave her like these weird like frog feet <laughs> she has like three <laughs> toes uh-huh. like, are, are those boots or those her feet i don't know she's a fish person it could be her feet uh <laughs> but uh i i, I like the uh, the mira design as well for this episode where she's uh you know where she's playing very much playing her part as the the sitcom wife or the you know the the family vacation wife so um, yeah, great, great character designs all around. And again, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of fun things to to point at and and and, uh, and look at with all of the the other superhero cameos and stuff throughout the episode. So uh, for all of those reasons, I ended up giving uh, visuals and animation a pretty strong eight out of ten. Yeah, I gave it the same exact score. I love the different locales, as you mentioned, some of it based uh, on real places, some of it based on the the uh, DC uh you know cities but uh a great mix of both of those and uh yeah a fun episode always love uh looking at this it's a it's and and trying to find the little things that they sneak in there all right liam let's uh let's move on to our next category which is going to be music and the wonderful dynamic music partners are credited with the music for this week's episode and uh boy howdy 
uh, from the get-go, from our air adventure uh, with uh, with our dog fight at the beginning, all the way through Aquaman's first in- introduction in the uh, in the very first scene, uh, we get a lot of music played out here. Uh, it, it's a it's a big portion of that first uh, first little sequence that we get there. Not a ton of dialogue, as we mentioned. There's a little conversation between Batman and Enemy Ace, and then a parting words from Enemy Ace. But uh, a lot of it is the the uh the attack that the aliens are doing on the on the soldiers and then the bat plane swoops in we get some heroic music played there we get uh some some more heroic music as uh batman and the enemy ace t- uh, team up to take down the uh, aliens and then uh, as we mentioned in that opening scene when the fisherman is uh, seemingly about to kill the scientists uh, underwater when aquaman swoops in we get a uh, a very heroic theme that plays that sort of suddenly comes to a halt once aquaman we uh, realize that aquaman is actually driving the winnebago and imagining <laughs> this whole sequence uh before right before he cra- almost crashes into an oncoming traffic so um not only do we have that that music, then uh, the music sort of continues uh, later on and plays a huge part of our of our uh, our, our scene is uh, our our traveling scene that we get a uh, traveling montage across the U.S. and again as Aquaman is continually taunted by various different stops and and sights and sounds of different heroes uh, being able to to uh to act in their most heroic ways while he has to sit on the sidelines the the music sort of very much plays into that entire scene as it's almost completely uh without dialogue for that period of time so a lot of uh a lot of fun played up there and then then ultimately in our final scene of course uh with the uh the 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 heaviest action of the episode there's of course lots of uh, fight music that our dynamic music partners mm-hmm. uh, were able to include there. Uh, lots of, uh, lots of fun for the episode. Any, any specific pieces uh, stand out to you that I did not mention? Uh, yeah, no, I think, uh, I think you covered most of the big ones. I definitely love that, uh, that vacation uh, montage piano saxophone uh, <laughs> solo. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We, we were getting there i think that's a lot of fun in your intercut with the footage of aquaman seeing all these uh superheroes in action that he can't <laughs> that he can't join in with it's a that's a great bit and then uh yeah the very end they kind of transition back into the the i think what what's more par for the course for this episode where you where you bring in the uh the bongos and you you get that more traditional brave in the bold fight music as uh, as you bring that in it has a little touch of the of the Adam West show uh, music to it as well. So uh, I, I like the way it sort of transitioned. Once we get back to our, our Batman team up show at the very end, we get a little, uh, get a little extra there, which I appreciate, but uh, yeah, I, I love the tone for this episode. And then, as you mentioned, the, uh, the, uh, the, the flashback or the, the world war one stuff at the beginning is a lot of fun as well. So uh, I ended up with another very strong uh, eight out of 10 for my music score. Same exact score for me as well. Eight uh, and eight for music. Our dynamic music partners did a great job. Uh, cheap plug here, especially on our first uh, on our original air date here, if you're listening to it. But uh, check out the uh, dynamic music partners uh, this week. Actually, they released the entirety of the uh, first volume of Batman Beyond soundtrack is finally available uh, on your streaming services and uh, also available for digital download, 
I believe, for digital purchase. So uh, check that out. Uh, we've talked about that. We've demanded it every time we've done uh, pretty much every series, like how how great it is to be able to access the entirety of the Batman, the animated series soundtrack and listen to those pieces and uh, in, you know, kind of in isolation and hear the ins and outs of it. While it's very, it's almost impossible to do so and do it justice, pun intended, uh, when you're watching it with dialogue and, and you're watching the action on, on, uh, on your television screen. So it's nice to be able to, that Warner Brothers finally was able to, to get the, that stuff released. So congratulations to our, uh, to our Twitter or formerly known as Twitter friends, the dynamic music <laughs> partners on uh finally getting that uh that released and uh, make sure you check that out if you do have some time uh some great pieces there from that first volume absolutely and hopefully gosh one day as, as we've often said on the show it would be lovely if someday we could get a proper release of like the full score for all these shows but you know we'll we'll take the victories where we can get them and this is certainly a big victory finally getting some of that uh some of that beyond music onto uh on the digital platforms and uh, and and all that as well. So, uh, yeah, great, uh, great that their uh, their work is still being celebrated and rewarded as it should be. Uh, so many years later, absolutely. Stream it early and often. That way, uh, you know, once those numbers come in, and uh, the the powers that be, the the overlords that we've already name checked several times, maybe they'll get the hint that uh, this stuff is demanded and there's enough demand for it to produce all the other stuff that we want to. All right, Liam, let's move on to our final category of the day, which, of course, is going to be voice acting. And uh, as is the case, typically, when we review Batman, the Brave and the Bold, we have a a pretty sizable cast here, although we do get some some double uh, some characters pulling double duty, of course, as is the case. But uh, lots of uh, lots of stuff to talk about here as far as our voice cast is concerned and a couple of familiar voices. uh, Speaking of Batman Beyond. Absolutely. So uh, I'll start there since you mentioned it. We do have Will Friedle, Terry McGinnis, Batman himself, as uh, as our Blue Beetle in this episode. Uh, other also, we have James Arnold Taylor as Green Arrow, who we talked about before. Uh, we have, let's see who else we have. We have D. Bradley Baker, who comes in to, to voice uh, both the Fisherman and the Clock King. Um, which is a great bit there when the when the lobster attack happens when they they all jump out of the tank at the at the seafood restaurant and latch onto him he just starts screaming in german and it's, <laughs> and it's incredible it's such a he's uh he's got great uh great comedic chops uh you know legendary voice actor as he is but i just thought that was uh that was a great bit uh another fun one we have uh steven root uh who folks would know from things like dodgeball and office space i think we've mentioned him once or twice before on this show as well i think he's maybe in unity and one other one other uh episode down in the bad episodes jar mm-hmm. but uh but yeah playing uh playing our penguin here i love him as penguin i think he's he he has the same vibe as a burgess meredith penguin but he's not trying to do burgess meredith mm-hmm. and that's like an important dis- distinction to me he still kind of has the you know the wah wah laugh but he's not trying to do you know when he's just talking he's doing more of like a just like a it's like a, this like uh ni- 1940s gangster voice to him like he's got this he's got this great sort of effect to it even though it's still at the end of the day feels very authentic to a to a silver age penguin take 
Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I, I did notice that it, it, he has the, he has the same similar, it's not the same similar cadence, I wouldn't say, but the dialogue, of course, everybody has a, an alliterative name or he ends every sentence with an alliterative name where he insults somebody by calling them some sort of bird. Um, so it, that tracks with the, the classic sixties Batman, uh, uh, take the Burgess Meredith and he, he does have the, the, the sort of squawking that Burgess Meredith did. But as you mentioned, it's not, a, it's not an impersonation. It's his own, it's his own take on it in a way. And yeah, it's, it fits. It certainly fits the, the aesthetic for this, this show. It's an homage while not making fun of, or making light of, or poking fun at, or even completely ripping off what came before it. You can see the homage there, but it's not the exact same. It puts its own stamp on it, um, which is what this show did so perfectly, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. The key. Great job. And yeah, other than, I mean, we've talked about the Joker a lot, I feel like in these Brave of the Bold episodes, but we don't, because it's a show that features so many other superheroes, we don't necessarily delve into Batman's rogues gallery that often on this show. So also a fun uh, change of pace to have him as our, uh, as our, our big bad of the episode, but uh, yes, elsewhere in the episode, we have uh, Serena Irwin as Mira. Uh, interesting. She's, she actually does a lot of work as a voice director uh, as much as she does as a, uh, uh, I think as a as an actor herself, but has also done quite a bit of voice acting as well. Um, I think she's also voiced voiced Mira in some other stuff, maybe some of the live action. Oh, no, I'm sorry, she voices uh, Aquaman's mother in the uh, the Throne of Atlantis movie. So, um, yeah, I think like I said, she's uh, playing playing the sitcom wife to uh, John DiMaggio. We'll talk about him more in a minute, but uh, and the uh, and the mother that's sort of uh, you know exasperated by uh, by Preston Strother playing playing her son who doesn't want to be there who's too cool for school i think she does a she does a really good job yeah she she is the uh she's the punchline in a lot of things she's the one that's ready to scream and throttle aquaman at least for the two-thirds of the episode mm-hmm. uh is, you know, always catching him in his lies and calling him out uh and and being suspicious of him even prior to catching him in being uh, in in uh as he sneaks away to do his heroic duties but yeah, I I think the uh, the real dynamic part that we get, as I mentioned before, is that that heart to heart that she and Aquaman have as they're lying there on the conveyor belt, uh, just as the Penguin is giving his long winded speech about uh, his his plans, and uh, they sort of have this moment together where she finally relents and and realizes this, and it's not like she's exasperated in the moment while she does it. It's a it's a it's a loving embrace of this is who Aquaman is. You're just a hero and we want you to be a hero. And then that, that final sort of epilogue that we get at the end with the family realizing together, they love sort of being the adventure, uh, the going on this type of adventure, as opposed to the the stereotypical road trip adventure. And she plays a, uh, she has some lines in that, that I thought were, were good too. So yeah, she, she does a wonderful job. Absolutely. And then uh, rounding out our, our, our main cast here, we do in fact have uh, Diedrich Bader as Batman kind of playing uh, a minor supporting role in this week because he's not the, the star of this episode. But, you know, we can't we can't have him play Batman an episode and not talk about how great he is. I think I think, again, we talk about how like Adam, like Adam West's Batman, his 
the parts where he's funny are funny because he never there's never a wink at the camera from Batman like he mm-hmm. is he's this guy all the time and uh and I think there's some of the bits where he's he's in he's like in mid fight or chase sequence with the penguin and Aquaman's on the phone trying to make small talk and trying to get get in on the action and he's just like enjoy your vacation aquaman like he's just so dry <laughs> and and just refusing like he's trying to make aquaman be a uh, you know to keep him on the straight and narrow path and make sure he's being a good dad before you know ultimately you know, having to call for help when when he's when it looks like the penguin has him dead to rights it's uh, a lot of fun in this episode but uh, obviously the main event here uh john dimaggio who also voices enemy ace uh voice voice of aquaman course you know another legendary voice actor voices bender on futurama and uh, about a million other voices play the joker and under the red hood we've talked about him several times on this show before but getting a full starring role of him uh as as aquaman in this episode uh gosh what a treat (laughs) he's he is phenomenal like in the way that um one of our one of our favorite shows growing up was the tick, the tick cartoon. Mm-hmm. What's so great about that character is that he's so blissfully unaware and content and happy with being a hero and everything around him, like is despite it being just absolutely bonkers, he's just so happy and joyous. And that's like the same characterization of this Aquaman. Like he loves being a hero. He loves fighting crime. He loves teaming up with people. He loves Batman. He loves the other heroes that he gets to interact with. Like he just embraces it and loves it and has so much joy being Aquaman and Mr. DiMaggio's performance, like, just exudes that. Like, it's, you're just, it bleeds through your, through the audio, through the performance. Like, you can tell that. Uh, he captures that, um, again, it, it's sort of like the boisterous hero from a, from any, any era of heroic tales. Like, this is the guy that just loves being the hero and he's gonna laugh in the face of evil. And like, it, it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, an, an ancient Roman hero or a modern day, you know, superhero, this mm-hmm. it's the same characterization. And he captures that so, so well with everything about his performance. It's his, his timing, his delivery, the way that he, his, his voice inflections, all of it. It's just, it's perfect. Like it's so great. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, uh, just, just a, a tour de force performance. And as mentioned, him playing off Miss Irwin as Mira and and him being you know trying to be the good husband but just not being able to snap out of it to the point where she's talking about like all these things she wants to go and then you just hear his inner monologue and you just hear him be like ha ha take that black manta like he's, he can't not think about being a superhero for even five seconds there's so many there's uh there's so many great lines there's one part, as as mentioned, the uh, the the trope of the, the vacation, they have to go see like the world's largest something, and they go to the world's largest like mound of sod or something or house yeah. sod house, and and he says, "Think of the heroics it took to pet." pack that much sod into the one location like even when he's when he's trying to uh to beat when he's really like on the straight and narrow and is trying to enjoy himself there's just 
<laughs> there's just such a uh uh you know that 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 goofy superhero is is just bubbling under the surface so um just based on i think mr dimaggio's performance alone but uh, with a very strong supporting cast as well uh once again felt like i had no choice but to give this another 10 out of 10 yeah i'm right there with you it's it's very hard when we're reviewing these episodes not to just fully enjoy and embrace the entire uh entire voice cast i mean it, you have people that are you know years and years and years into their vocal performances here you have the the great andrea romano responsible for the voice casting and you know at this point probably was doing this with her eyes closed you know getting these performances out of these actors so you have amazing talent you have an amazing voice director uh and combined of course you're going to get some just incredible memorable performances uh you know grade a plus plus stuff here so yeah unsurprising uh, both perfect scores from both of us absolutely all right liam well it's time to total up our scores for this week's episode and totaling everything here i end up with a very strong 34 out of 40 what about you and i am just a couple points higher out a 36 out of 40 Ah, there we go. All right. Uh, just a point shy of our of our top picks category there, Liam. But uh, still, um, we review Elseworlds in a vacuum. We must remind mm-hmm. people that every single time uh, we we review one. Uh, but uh, I I dare say, if you're going to watch <laughs> this ca- Aquaman character pops up in certain cameos. He's been in cameos in a couple of the mm-hmm. episodes that we've reviewed, but this is his... This is his tour de force starring role, <laughs> and it's a it's a fun episode. It's funny. Uh, it includes a whole bunch of other characters. It makes me wish that they did an Aquaman spinoff show. Absolutely. Like like <laughs> if you're all this stuff is being rebooted these days, right? And I know Mr. Tucker's working on the hopefully to be released soon Batman Caped Crusader show, mm-hmm. but. Man, if if Warner Brothers was going to reboot something for content, boy, this show would be like just just do an Aquaman show. Like I know that they tried to do an Aquaman cartoon, uh, the King of Aquaman, King of Atlantis show for HBO Mm -hmm. Max. I'm sure it was fine. Never watched it, but I'm sure it was fine. But you should have just done this. You should have done an Aquaman (laughs) show with Mr. DiMaggio. With his family and crazy adventures interacting with these Silver Age villains and uh, and called it a day because this is this is perfect. Uh, two thumbs up for rewatchability for me. Uh, yeah, same here. It's uh, <laughs> this. Yeah, this is one of those ones. If you're if you're a DC fan, if you're a fan of the the mainline DCAU, but haven't necessarily dipped your toe into this show, this is very much on the on the short list of episodes I would probably pick to introduce someone to the show um this is this is just uh this is a wonderful wonderful way to, to spend uh 22 minutes and and again it gives you a flavor of the show as far as the tone in certain episodes and obviously as we've talked about there are more serious episodes as well uh which again i think just speaks to the the wonderful uh the wonderful thing that the people that made this show uh understood which is that these characters are doing all of this at the same time like the Batman that's in back alleys shaking down thugs to find uh, you know, the murder the guy who killed his parents is the same guy who's gonna get decapitated by a giant penguin uh, device in a in a warehouse in Gotham City. Like it's the same guy, and the same thing with Aquaman. Like Aquaman can be this very serious 
you know, warrior, king of the sea. And uh, he can also be just sort of a, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a goofball at times. Like you can, you can play with it and, and it, it's, you don't necessarily always have to pick one or the other as far as a, a lane for, uh, for your characters when it's, uh, when it's, when you're painting with as broad of a brush as, as this show does. So yeah, this is a, this, this one's just a hoot and uh, yeah, an easy, an easy recommendation for uh for a rewatch. Absolutely. All right, Liam. Well, that will begin to wrap us up for this week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, some housekeeping for right now. Don't forget, we would love your support for the podcast. Uh, you can do so a myriad of ways. Uh, a bunch of the free ways are by supporting us on social media at DCAU Review on Instagram and X slash Twitter. Uh, follow us on there. Lots of great stuff being posted on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can also, of course, uh, we are on threads uh, that somehow that website is still chugging along. I guess it's one of those things where until they can write it off as a tax uh, loss, it's going to continue on here uh, or something. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yes, we are still on threads. Uh, Liam does occasionally post stuff on there. So check that out as well. If you're a threads person, uh, who knows, maybe 2024 will finally be the year that X bites, uh, Twitter bites the dust, you know, <laughs> who knows? It's been, the demise has been, uh, has been rumored now for what feels like years, but uh, <laughs> we, we will continue there for, uh, for as long as the platform exists or as long as Liam can tolerate it. Uh, <laughs> we are, uh, we are of course also would love your support. If you subscribe to us on our YouTube channels, we mentioned on the pod tower at uh, youtube.com slash the pod tower. You can also support the podcast. We know it is the holidays money is tight in this economy as it always is. But if you want to support the podcast monetarily, there's a link in the show notes for you to check out, or you can check out a link to our merch store. If you want to get yourself a little stocking stuffer or maybe a friend of the show, send them a little gift, check out the store link. You can get yourself a mug, a shirt, a hat, something like that a little trinket a sticker even and uh, we thank those that uh, are monthly supporters of ours as well as those that have purchased items from the store got to get some new merch in there in 2024 it's Mm -hmm. on the uh, it's on the docket here liam (laughs) with with the calendar page turning but and uh liam so uh, as we continue here we only said it like twice so far the episode so i'm gonna (laughs) go ahead and embrace it here as we continue with aqua phantas month here in the month of December, we are uh, we're continuing with another episode next week, but uh, we're going to shift gears here away from Aquaman and switch more to the Phantasm. Phantasm? Yeah, the Phantasm? <laughs> <laughs> Is the M in month or Phantasm? I'm not sure. I, even in designing the logo, I couldn't That's- decide. <laughs> That's the magic of Phantasm month. It's, uh, it's, it, I think it's up to... Uh... To user interpretation when i've been making it a hashtag i do capitalize the m in month so <laughs> that would suggest that it's fan it's aqua fantas and then month but i uh I, that's not my heel to die on you know i'm not here to police <laughs> how other people celebrate aqua fantas uh, month my you know i have room in my heart for all uh all unique ways that the, this wonderful month is celebrated That's right. uh, We are not dictators here. We believe in liberty. So uh, celebrate as you will. But we're (laughs) shifting to focus more on the Phantas rather than the Aqua of Aqua Phantas month starting next week. That's right. So uh, we have uh, something really cool 
uh, coming in the pipeline a little later in the month. But we thought, looking back, we have done, what is this, 289? This is 289 we just did today. Okay, so it has been 281 episodes of this show, just of our mainline show, not counting bonus episodes, since we uh, originally reviewed Batman Mask of the Phantasm, and uh, with this year being the 30th, this month, in fact, being the 30th anniversary of that film, debuting in theaters, debuted on Christmas Day, 1993, we thought uh, it's what better time to dust off. We don't do the re-reviews often, uh, but uh, for special occasions and for one that I think we just, when we covered it, we didn't really know what our show was yet. <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing. Right. So uh, I just think there's a lot, a lot of meat left on the bone as far as discussing that, uh, that movie. And uh, like I said, we have something uh, a bit more of a retrospective on, on the process of making the film coming later in the month. But we thought first things first, Let's give ourselves a little refresher and revisit what is considered by many. And we'll find out next week if uh, that includes us as the greatest Batman film ever made. So join us next week for a re-review of uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. And we'll find out if, uh, if we agree with our past selves scores for each, uh, for each category. That is right. We'll go down the full, uh, boundaries that we put in place when we're doing a re-review next week it's going to be fun liam haven't uh, haven't watched this uh, since the last time we watched it uh, for another podcast so it'll be good to revisit this as we do from time to time and and uh and uh, look look at it once again with our our sort of uh our sort of set lenses that we have now as you mentioned now that we are 289 plus over 50 bonus episodes into our podcast here we uh we kind of know what we're doing now so we'll see it's going to be a lot of fun as we uh, continue celebrating aqua phantasmons next week but until then i'm cal and i'm liam and we'll talk to you on the next episode of the dcau review bye-bye